Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Hey America, you've got a new chemicals law, and this week on Parts Per Billion, we'll figure out what it will actually mean for you. Hello and welcome once again to Parts Per Billion, the bi-weekly environmental policy podcast from Bloomberg BNA. I'm David Schultz. Today we're talking about chemicals. This summer, Congress passed a bill that totally revamps the way the EPA regulates chemicals, and people have called it the most significant environmental law in a generation. Once all the dust settles, it could force companies to reformulate some of their products or even discontinue them altogether. But how significant is it for you and me? What will this new law mean for shoppers looking for, say, laundry detergent or air fresheners or any of the countless other products covered by this law? To find out, we spoke with two people who were tracking the passage of the chemicals bill in Congress blow by blow. Chris Cathcart is the president and CEO of the Consumer Specialty Products Association, which represents companies that make lots of the household products affected by the new law. Dan Rosenberg is an attorney who specializes in chemical regulation with the Natural Resources Defense Council. These two don't really agree on much. One of them represents companies. The other is with a group that usually likes to see companies reined in. And the disagreement starts at the very rationale for passing the new law. Cathcart says it was simply a matter of time. The original chemical statute that the law replaced was passed in the 1970s, and questions about the safety of everyday products were coming up more and more. It's 40 years old. Science and technology have certainly evolved since that time. And when you look at a statute that's 40 years old, to what extent does that really bolster consumer confidence? Rosenberg sees it a little differently. He says the original law was never very good because it didn't actually give the EPA authority to take dangerous substances out of the marketplace. It had a reputation as being the, you know, the least successful of all the major environmental laws passed in the 1970s, and I think that was an earned, earned reputation. The classic example of this is a court ruling from back in 1991 that found the law didn't even allow the EPA to ban super toxic substances like asbestos. But that's all in the past. Now, after literally a decade of legislative wrangling, we've got a brand new chemicals law. So does this mean everything's about to change? Cathcart says not really. In fact, he says consumers probably won't notice any differences because companies themselves are already doing a lot to make sure their products are not harmful. Particularly the companies that we represent uh, test the efficacy and the ingredients of their products every day. So they're there to make sure that the products uh, that go on the shelves that consumers buy do exactly what they're supposed to do, and they can be handled, used, and disposed of safely. That may be the case, but Rosenberg says it doesn't hurt to have tighter regulations that nudge these companies along in the right direction. It's going to take a long time for the EPA to develop the legal framework to ban particular chemicals, like really long, 
possibly a decade or longer. But Rosenberg says companies may want to get out ahead of the EPA on this one. I think the writing is already on the wall for a lot of consumer product companies. He says consumers already have been voting with their wallets by demanding products that have safer chemicals. People are looking for products screened by a private organization like Green Seal or by EPA's Safer Choice program. That voice, if you will, has been getting louder and louder, and I think this will sort of help them maybe in reading the tea leaves as to where they want to be and don't want to be. But regardless of where these consumer product companies want to be, where they are now after the law's passage is an industry with a much larger spotlight on the ingredients in their products. Who will benefit from this and who won't? We'll get to that in a second, but first let's take a quick break to talk about Bloomberg BNA's daily environment report. It's a source of comprehensive coverage of the day's top environmental news. Start a free trial of Daily Environment Report by visiting bna.com slash dailypodcast. That's bna.com slash daily hyphen podcast. Okay, so we're talking about chemicals and specifically the Toxic Substances Control Act that Congress overhauled this summer. As a result of the new law, the EPA has a lot more authority to collect data on the safety of the ingredients that go into a lot of the products you buy. Cleaners, plastics, flame retardants, the list is nearly endless. What does this mean for the companies that make these products, the Johnsons and Johnsons or the Unilevers of the world? Rosenberg says there's about to be a lot more scientific information out there about the chemicals that go into the things these companies sell. EPA is going to have more authority to pursue greater transparency about what chemicals are in products and how chemicals are being used in different products. There are some new limits on what can be claimed as confidential business information. But Cathcart says this will actually reduce the regulatory burden on chemical companies. How so? He hopes the new law will put the brakes on what has been a growing trend in states to restrict chemicals in commerce. So now companies may only have to worry about one big law instead of lots of different small ones. We have a patchwork of state laws. The difficulty with a patchwork of state laws is how do you actually get a product to market when the the requirements are different in the 50 different states. Whenever a new law like this gets passed, it's always worth looking at whether it will affect small companies more than big ones. After all, big companies can afford to staff whole departments full of regulatory staffers who can make sure they're complying with the law. Smaller companies, not really. But while smaller companies might be at a disadvantage in that sense, Rosenberg says the new toxic chemicals law actually provides them with a big advantage over larger companies in another area. I think this potentially provides a great opportunity for smaller businesses and innovative businesses because what hopefully is going to happen is you're going to see finally EPA with the ability and you know arguably the mandate to really start ratcheting down on these just ongoing uses of the oldest, dirtiest dinosaur chemicals. And it creates a, a huge open market, if you will, for safer substitutes. And those safer substitutes can come from you know small companies or large companies. And I think there are a lot of examples of small companies that have had trouble getting traction just because you know, there was no way really to compete with this dominant, dirty chemical that EPA wasn't ever able to do anything with. As for any regulatory imbalance between the Davids and the Goliaths in the corporate world, Cathcart says, ultimately, 
That's something he'll need to keep an eye on. That's why we have a trade association, is to make sure that we can weigh in on the interests of all the members that we represent. The other thing that we expect and, 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 and are seeing, thankfully, is that EPA has and will continue to been, be very engaging of the smaller businesses, wanting to get their point of view. So when they put something together, it's not their intention to create something that's lopsided and drive them out of business. Chris Cathcart, president of the Consumer Specialty Products Association, along with Dan Rosenberg, attorney for NRDC. For more of our voluminous reporting on the new chemicals law, visit our website at bna.com. Parts per billion was produced by myself with help from Jessica Coombs and Rachel Daigle. Special production help this week came from Pat Rizzuto and Marissa Horn. Thanks, guys. The music tracks for Parts per billion are A Message and Superconductivity by Jazar. They were used under a Creative Commons attribution share-alike license. More information can be found at betterwithmusic.com. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.